You're listening to the Outdoor Podcast, probably presented by Six Hour and created by Bowhunter Planet. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to the BHP Outdoor Podcast. Myself, Tim Mazarana, as your host, along with Dave, as always, as the co-host here. Um, we are joined with some special guests tonight um, from Prime and G5. We got Nate and Kyle. Nate and Kyle, no relation. We've already talked about that. Um, but how's it going tonight, guys? Good. Yeah. Thanks for having good. us. Awesome, man. So it's been, um, you know, some a, a, a good part, you know, good, good, crazy start to the year. Why don't just start off with seeing what's your guys' outlook here for 2023 with whatever, with everything you have going on? Oh, we're, we're excited. Um, you know, on, on the, the, the bow side, uh, we think it's our best bow we've ever produced. And uh, we're getting that kind of feedback from from uh, everybody in the field. And uh, Broadheads, um, we've been around for 22 years. And uh, we're, we're having uh, the best uh, beginning to a season that, that we've ever had. So uh, we're real excited um, about the products. Launched a new arrow, arrow series as well this past year. Um, so we're hitting on a lot of cylinders right now. We're, we're feeling really good. Yeah, I saw I was uh, going around your your websites and all that kind of stuff, and it it uh, it surprised me, but it didn't surprise me to see uh, what the Montec is. Uh, it was two thousand, right? And that that's when it wow. was established. Two thousand one. Yeah. Uh, oh, I I just you know it, it surprises me because it's been around for so long, but it doesn't surprise me because everybody knows the Montec. Everybody right. knows it, right? I mean, you talk about a fixed blade and. That's the first, those are the first words off somebody's lips. They've shot it, they use it, and uh, it's such such a great broadhead. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit more first about, you know, what is new in 2023 and what your new lineup is and things that you have launched or and maybe some hints and some stuff that might be coming. Um, so, yeah, so if we, if we want to talk about that first, that would be awesome. I'm sure our viewers would love to hear your new product lineup for 2023. Yeah, I, uh, for the for G5, for the broadheads, um, um, on, on the broadhead side, there's nothing new this year. Um, we we launched the the Mega Meat uh, a year or so ago, and uh, that's still uh, we're just trying to keep up on on uh, production and on orders there, um, and it just keeps getting deeper and deeper um, into the marketplace. Uh, we did launch uh, the Mark Series Arrows uh, through G5. Um, that's our first uh, offering of an arrow that we've we've ever produced. It's a just premium. Uh, it's kind of like Papa John's. It's 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 uh, premium uh, ingredients. Um, and we're just trying to keep it simple. It's hunting based. We're a hunting company, um, just a, a premium hunting arrow with that. And then for, for prime, uh, every year you have to have a new bow. And, and this year is no exception. Uh, we launched the, uh, the Revax or Revax, uh, however you want to pronounce it, depending on geography. I yell that all the time. And, all yeah. the time. <laughs> what is yeah. it? For, um, for me being from the South, it's, it's definitely the Revax. So, you yeah. know, it's just a little bit. I'm just going to spell it to people from yeah. now on. R E V E X. Yeah, and, and it's kind of it's it's kind of short for uh, revision exponential. Um, ah. And so in development, there's lots of revisions. Um, and with cams, generally we have about thirty to forty revisions uh, on a wow. year uh, when we launch a cam. Uh, we had over one hundred and fifty uh, revisions on uh, this cam. We spent wow. a lot of time uh, on it, on tuning and that sort of thing. So um, that's kind of where that name came from. Uh, Kind of like Montec, it doesn't really mean anything. Just kind of mushed up, a couple names put together. Um, but with the uh, the Revax, uh, uh, with Prime, uh, yeah, we're real happy with how that's going. 
Yeah, that's uh, you know, it's it's exciting to me. Number one, that you guys are from Michigan. We're from Michigan, so it's always exciting to see a Michigan brand do so well. Obviously, Montech, you know, and G five as a whole has done amazing in this industry for the industry. Uh, but when it comes to Prime specifically, we talk about that uh, and Quest really. But we talk about Prime specifically. Um, these bows are second to none. So I just want to kind of state that for people who have not shot a Prime bow. Uh, I'd highly recommend getting to your pro shop and testing these out. They are uh, a great, great shooting bow. Uh, one of my favorite things about this year's bow um, is that you guys aren't afraid to do the cam changes. And I love the fact that you did this last year and this year again, because um, I feel like a lot of companies get a little bit weary about changing a cam over time. We've seen it with other brands where they don't even change the cam style for many years, many, many years. Um, so it's, to me, it just shows innovation. It shows progressiveness that you guys aren't afraid to make those changes. And I think it's super important to say that. Cause I think a lot of people don't realize that it takes a lot of guts to do that. And I, so hats off to you guys. I just want to say that about this bow that doing it, but speaking of the bow, you know, I was telling you earlier, it's definitely one of my top shooting bows of this year, no matter what anybody says, this bow shoots amazing. And whatever you guys did with this special sauce for this cam, <laughs> it really has the power. And, you know, when you combine that uh, with what the bow has for tech, with the way it looks, the center uh, where your hand is sitting in the center, the grip, the way you guys have the grip that is just like, it's like I'm holding a carbon bow, but I'm not. So, I mean, there's just so many cool aspects to that bow that it's extremely well done. So I guess, how do you guys feel about it? I mean, you should, in my opinion, you should feel extremely proud. I think this is an amazing offering. I think people, once they shoot it, they're going to definitely probably buy it or definitely it's going to be in their top three cho in choices. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, when, when people have lead-ins like that, we always feel a little better uh, for sure. But um, no, we, we, we have a lot of effort uh, in, in everything put into that. Um, yeah, like like you're you're talking about, kind of we were known as as the quad cam or the the uh, the parallel cam for years, and that's kind of what distinguished us uh, apart. Um, uh, but when we we released the inline cam last year, it, it we just it did things the parallel cam couldn't do, but it still it still uh, it kept the the balance on the axle um, in. And, and kept the cam lean right, which to us, it was more the, the horizontal not travel. So there's two planes, there's the vertical, everybody talks about slave cams, all that kind of stuff. But then there's the left and right not travel. And, and uh, this uh, core cam system that's on the, the RevX inline for last year, uh, it, it looks more like a typical cam. There's one string strap, uh, string track instead of four or, or two top and bottom. Um, but it, it just, it, it did better on the vibration noise um, than the parallel cam did. Um, we, we just couldn't really get around that fat. So if, if we wanna progress in those categories, we had to make the change. Um, we, we did everything we could over a 10 year period of, of making that parallel cam as vibration and noise free, but <clears throat> there was limits to it. So um, so yeah, that, that was kind of the big change. And, and for this year, we were just really, really focused. Like I said, had over 150 revisions on the cams. We just basically retaught ourselves uh, um, not travel. And what that meant on all the different variations of rests, different ways of tuning the rest. If you like it to drop right away, if you want it to stay up a little bit, you want the thing to stay up the whole way. <clears throat> uh, heavy front and center. Um, that's kind of getting crazy, right? You know. 15% people are just kind of going 
that's crazy. And now 20% is like nothing. So that all changes uh, the, the, the tune of a bow and, and um, you know, some, uh, we, we just wanted to really make sure that we had the, the absolute uh, perfect knot travel in, in both planes to, to be able to handle all those different variations. But it, it's all still based on the, the same center grip design, um, which, which is different. We're the only company in the industry that's doing that. Um, 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. 30 years ago, just about everybody was center grip. Um, but when they, the, the knot travel, the vertical knot travel of bows became a bigger issue, uh, the best, the, you know, the, probably the best thing for bow designers to do was drop that grip, go to a center pole. Um, and Matthews and PSC are the kind of the two big companies that push off the, the, the center pole design. And so their top and bottom cams are identical. They're symmetrical cams where ours, the top cam is bigger than the bottom. That's kind of one of the big visual takeaways that, you know, there's something different about ours and it's because the grips in the center. And, and for us, that's, it's, it's worth that challenge as a designer because it makes cam development so, so much more difficult to try to get good knot travel out of a bow. So like if you were to ask 10, 15 years ago about center grips, um, the average response we get is the best aiming bows on the planet. You can't tune them because the knot travel sucked um, because it's a, it's a, it's a cam designer's nightmare really. And we were just like, well, uh, we have a saying, uh, we eat glass every day. So what's a little bit more glass? Let's figure it out. And it took us a, a while to figure it out. Um, but that center grip, having that uh, more mass beneath the, the, the grip of the bow um, is a big deal. Um, it's, it's such a big deal that everybody's always done it. They've always put a stabilizer beneath the grip. They've never put it above. They've always put that, that mass beneath the grip because it, it stabilizes everything. It's the same with cameras. Um, uh, you know, race cars are the same way. They're trying to get that mass as low as possible. You're taught that for boxing guys out in, in basketball. Getting mass low is, is, is key to stability. Um, and so uh, that's what's the, um, it's very different on our bow. Um, and, and it's a big deal. Um, and then, like you said, the, the grip, um, we have, uh, it's kind of just looks like a, a encased, you know, uh, rubber grip, but underneath that grip is, is material called aerogel. And that's a insulator, uh, that that's been used for, for decades. Uh, NASA has been, been launching that stuff up. It's what's been keeping a lot of those satellites and stuff working. Um, and it basically just insulates the, the person's hand from, from the big chunk of aluminum that hold, they're holding on to. And um, yeah, that was kind of that you, you mentioned that people kept asking about carbon bows, carbon bows. And I'm like, the only benefit I get right now is th they're kind of just warm, <laughs> but, but then we kind of found out that a lot of them have metal in the, in, in that area anyway. So they're not as warm as they, they could be, but, but with anyways, with that aerogel, uh, it does the job for you. You know, I mean, instead of having a big thick glove, um, you know, we all shoot better with no glove or just a real thin glove. And, and that's what yeah. that provides. Yeah. I don't um, think, uh, Tim, I don't think you've had a chance to hold this, but it does really feel like nothing. So it's kind of like interesting to me. Cause it's like, you know, uh, I hear a lot about talking about carbon. We just did the uh, buyer's guy for 23, went through all the bow lineups and carbons at the very end. It's the highest price, of course. Um, and in there, you know, it's like the only thing missing from the bow market in the 1100 to like $1,300 range 
is what you've provided, which was something that was going to eliminate the cold from the aluminum, which now kind of puts you in par with the carbon, right? So, but gives people an option at a lower cost, you know, which I think is just tremendous, very smart on your guys' part, how you did that, especially when you did both sides of it and encased it. That way, when you have your hands go around, you still are touching it. You're not touching the metal. Yeah, and I, I think too, um, just to add on to that, that, you know, at least from what I've seen, and I think we've both seen is that carbon was a big deal, I don't know, three, four, five years ago, but you don't really hear a lot of people talking about carbon uh, at all. You know, I think, I think that kind of the, the excitement wore off, if you will, the carbon bows. So, and I think a large part of that, obviously, um, is price point, never able to get it down because, you know, it, it just, it just didn't happen. And, uh, I couldn't imagine trying to get prices down on that in today's, you know, age with the inflation and everything that we have. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you guys, this bow looks incredible. Um, I know there's a lot of color options that, that will run through here too, but, um, you know, there, there's different, you have three different, uh, axle to axle links, right. As, as choices to your customers, can you yep. kind of go through? Cause I, I think one of the, one of the things that people don't understand is, you know, other than the way that I like it, why would I choose a 32 over a 36? You know, what, what is there, what, what's the advantage, you know, to either side of that in regards to axle to axle length? You want to take that one, Kyle, or? Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of covering the whole gamut of like, where are you hunting? I mean, most people that just want to hunt out East for sure, just want to have something you can get in a blind or up in a tree stand. Um, so most people are going with the 32 axle to axle. So we have the 32, the 34, and then the 36. Um, so it's really comes down to what you're wanting to, um, do with it. But then also, um, we have different draw links along those two. I mean, the 36, um, being the center grip, we're able to get out a little bit farther. What is it, Nate? Um, 31 and a half. 31 and a half. So that's our yeah. longest draw link we're able, able to get off that. So it's really just the preference and then you know you have some different string angles and that sort of stuff but um yeah it's i guess really what preference you're wanting to use it for right now i'm shooting the 34 um it's kind of that happy medium so i mean i do a lot of i've i've been going out west the last couple of years some raska you know you can do some spot and stock but then also having the center grip our overall length is not like a lot of these other bow companies too so I mean, our 34 actual axle is still 34, but our cams are smaller than a lot of the 34s out on the market too. So, and speaking of the uh, price point, Tim, you're talking about, you know, it's it's one of those things where carbon right now is like kind of uh, I don't want to say saturate the market, but other two other broke companies have come into the game with carbon as well now. So now you have four. So now right. it's kind of getting a little bit, you know, messy, and there's a lot going on, but. I want to point out that I'm not exactly sure we're seeing in the compound market, we're, we're seeing the ability to sell the high-end stuff as we are in the crossbow market. So in the crossbow market, you're going to, yep. you could sell it to crossbow for three grand. No problem. It happens all the time every day, but in the compound market, what I'm seeing personally, you know, from when my polls, I'll put polls out on boner plants, YouTube and all this stuff. Most people don't want to buy a carbon bow. They don't want to spend that kind of money in the compound world. Um, so right. I feel like 
it, it might be a short-lived thing it might be there but it's like unique i don't ever think it's going to overtake the aluminum high-end area you know i just i personal opinion but i don't see that happening yeah, yeah we're, we're kind of seeing it similar as far as price point though the crossbow um definitely is a is a different uh a little bit different crowd than the vertical guy um but um you know the bike industry kind of would said that too about carbon uh frames and everything like that um and then there was a while when it was like it was only carbon uh and 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 you know you couldn't sell aluminum and then the aluminum's come crashing back so um yeah you know i guess our feeling on carbon is there's a place for it um i just don't think that the end user is really seeing the benefit of the extra cost especially with the mass weight which that's kind of when people think carbon they think lightweight and the only guy really kind of doing that right now is pse um you know that they're they're pretty light bow you know so they're kind of pushing that but everybody else they're all around the same as as an aluminum riser and um so what it really is the benefit uh, you yeah. know i guess take the warm grip thing off because you yeah. know we solve that issue but but yeah, yeah what is the guy really gaining at the end of the day in, you know? in my opinion and i think you you really pointed this out maybe didn't see it directly but in my opinion the the most important thing is consistency right in in your shot i mean you you can have the most expensive bow but if it's not designed right and you guys have spent or doesn't fit you right or or doesn't fit you right and you guys have spent yeah. a ton of time uh developing this hence the name right that we talked about rev x with the center grip and and, and the, the the movement that you guys have looked at um all of that all, all of that other stuff is out the window anyway if you don't have a well-designed yeah. bow so um you know I, I i prime has always been i think to me um you know a really great bow brand you guys you guys have come out with products year after year that really hit the hunting heart the hunting market you know in regards to to really staying true to that side of it and uh yeah. really giving them the benefit of what you know target archers get as well in regards to that type of consistency so I think it's a really great lineup that you guys have for sure. Um, the, so what do you guys see as far as like the States go, you know, like is, is, is cause I, every time I hear prime, I hear a lot of Western shooters, like a lot of Western, uh, you know, I feel like prime's really big in the West, the Western market. I could be wrong. You, you guys would know more than no. I would, but I feel like no, that's what I hear in the marketplace. And I feel like here at home in Michigan, we still have a big area to grow compared to out west is that accurate statement or yeah 100 percent. yeah our, our um the, the the western market uh and the european market were the first to adopt to us uh and, and just our message of you know where accuracy is everything um you know that i guess the, they're a little bit more willing to take risks on something and a new brand or, or some new tech if they think they can get another you know five ten yards mm -hmm. um you know, back here, it's, you know, it's, it's 20, 30 yards, you know, generally speaking, I know that's been growing. Um, but, uh, you know, generally the, this, how skittish your, your deer are kind of drive the, the, the yeah. distance that you can shoot in here. <laughs> deer Michigan, Michigan deer. public land, good, you know, 20 yards is a long ways that deer can do a lot of stuff then. So, um, yeah, I so say let that me a lot ask you a question around that, actually. You know, your 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 bows go uh, out to 80, 80 pounds, right? Yeah. Um, is pushing out to 80 pounds, is, is that going to give you more distance in those Western settings? 
or is that more of just kind of user preference at that point in regard in regards to draw weight? I think a lot of it's going to have to do with uh, draw length as well as draw weight. I mean, an 80 pound bow is definitely going to shoot, you, you know, like a, I guess a flatter trajectory than a 60 pound bow. You're going to have more of an arc for sure. Um, but a lot of it comes back to that uh, center grip technology that we have. I mean, we've done tests and studies where when we first came out, well, started having that where we were able, like your standard person improved 40% or more from having the center grip compared to other bow companies. And that's something we're planning on doing more studies like that and getting out to the public. But I think that's a little bit, you can hold on target longer, that sort of thing. But of course the 80 pounder with a, you know, a 30 inch draw length is going to shoot just a, you know, faster feet per second. You know, Tim, uh, to, to kind of bring that back in, you know, cause I know you do cross Tim doesn't really do compound. So let's clear that up. He's a crossbow shooter. <laughs> so, the thing is, Tim, there's, it's not equal. So like, you know, if John Cedar shot one at 27 inch draw length and I shoot at 29, right. And he's at 80 pounds, I'm at 80 pounds. We're going to have a difference. So there's a little bit of difference there, but I, I do want to point out real quick back to the Western thing. What, what I noticed about Western hunting, and I think this aligns pretty well here is that Western hunters will spend more money on their equipment because they're usually in more rugged areas and taking longer distance shots and I had talked to a couple of people from Montana about, the, I had this conversation and we were joking around about shots. And I said, oh yeah, you know, I, I missed this doe. At, or I don't know if I said I missed, but something happened at 25 yards and he was laughing. He's like, I go, what? He goes, dude, that's like our minimum shot here is 60 yards. So yeah. then it dawned on me in this conversation, this is years ago, that the Western hunter is not buying like a cheaper low cost bow. They're buying like a high end bow that can reach and have accuracy and tune and tune perfect so they can get the distance. So that's when I realized that this is why, and this is a good example why prime is really popular there because of they don't, they want the best of the best they can get and they'll spend the money to get it. And I think that's one of the things here in the Midwest, we see a little bit opposite where people are more tuned to buy a $500 bow, maybe instead of a $1,200 bow type thing, you know, and not that they don't, but I'm just saying like, I think you'll get more weekend warriors here that don't care because a 20 hour pop shots, a 20 hour pop shot, <laughs> if right. you're decent at yeah. it, you know? So that's why I tell people all the time, like I could take any one of these bows. We have classic history bows all around me. I can take any one and go shoot a 20 yard doe, but anything past that, I have no idea it's going to happen. You know, it's right. kind of like, yeah. And, the, and their mindset's a little bit different too, because they don't have quite the, the, uh, the tag opportunity that we have every year we get to pull a tag and, and, and there's lots of animals. They're, they're not big, but you know, out West, they might not pull a tag every year. So it, yeah. they might go a couple of years before they actually pull a tag. And so when they do their, their mindset is, I, I don't know the that. next time I'm getting a tag, That's genius, I gotta yeah. make it happen, man. Yeah. You there's know, no, uh, no mercy there. You're right. Yeah, you go pull sense. that tag. And I think we're still kind of the new kids on the block too, as far as that goes. We have a lot of, you know, people yeah. here in Michigan and other like Southern states. It's, I'm going to shoot what my dad and grandpa shot. So we're That's... still trying to break, break into the, that mindset as well. And some of it where, you know, that's some of yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think it'd be, I don't think it's going to be easy necessarily, but I do think the good news for you guys is you have the G5 brand that has history now. So I think that's right. definitely a helpful piece of the pie. And to be honest, it's a great bow. So it's not like you're talking about, you're trying to sell something that doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's, it, and to be honest, 
I don't know if people know this, but your guys' machining is like really amazing. Like it's really top quality machining. So like this bow is machined extremely well. I mean, it, it feels amazing. Like it's just, can we speak, can we talk to that real quick? How is this machined? Is this like one piece you guys cut down or how does that work? Yeah, it starts rising? out with the forging. Uh, they're right around about 12 pounds and that gets machined down to about two. Um, wow. So there's 10 pounds of chips. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we do, a, again, we do a, uh, things a little bit differently than, than everybody else. So after they're machined, uh, the risers go through a conditioning process to make sure that riser to riser to riser, um, they're the same. Um, long, skinny parts, when you machine them, they actually move and twist on their own. Um, there's, you can, there's, you know, metallurgy stuff, nerd, warning, warning, nerd stuff. Uh, but <laughs> there's stress inside of it. Um, and then when you machine it, you're relieving some, you're inducing some stress. And so everyone can move a little bit differently. Um, a lot of companies just, you know, paint them, assemble them, throw them in a box um, and ship them off. We actually condition every single riser. Everyone's measured uh, and conditioned. So if they're not right, they're, they're, they're made correct. Um, and then actually after they're uh, assembled, the, the center shot, and the, the planarity of the limbs and everything are all measured. Uh, to make sure that they're within and, and, and um, there are bows uh, every day that don't pass that even when they're fully assembled and then they get disassembled and um, they're worked on and to, to get that. So yeah, bow to bow to bow is very important, even though, you know, the average bow hunter is only buying one of them. Um, but for us, that consistency between the product, uh, but the machining, um, yeah, we, we, we're manufacturers first and kind of product development uh, company second. Uh, we've been in the business of, of machining metal since uh, the 60s uh, when my grandfather started it. Wow. Uh, then my, my dad and my uncles took over and now it's uh, my brother and I. Um, so we actually do manufacturing, uh, all the manufacturing for, for G5 Prime, but we also have a company called Grace Engineering um, and we make medical parts and firearm parts and gas and oil and uh, just, I was going to say, uh, I thought I remembered you guys out. started off as like a medical um, blade company. And that's kind of how Montech came along is you're creating such great products on that, that medical side that, that it just made sense to kind of move into that market a little bit. Today's episode is brought to you by Sig Sauer, keeping you safe in and out of the field, but also keeping you in the field longer with Sig's lamp of cross rifles, optics, ammo, and more. Learn all about it at SigSauer.com. Also brought to you by Tink's. Dead Downwind, Burris, Vapor Trail, Stokerized, Apex Rewards, and Easton. Last year, Reveal by Tacticam quickly became the most sought-after scouting camera in America, making cellular scouting available to any hunter. We ask our users how we can make this outstanding camera even better, and this is our answer. Introducing the all-new Reveal X. Even easier setup, better battery life. Faster trigger speed, on-demand HD photos, extended detection range. This season, find out what all the buzz is about. Get a new Reveal X by Tacticam. Enter the Apex Outdoor Rewards Turkey Challenge in your state. Over $120,000 in cash rewards. Limited number of entries allowed statewide. Every bird is a possible winner. Reward your passion at ApexOutdoorRewards.com. A little bit. It was more my dad was just a big time bow hunter. I was gonna say, I think always, Lou's always, a big always wanted to do it, <laughs> and he finally split with his brothers. Uh, and so his brothers really weren't into uh, making their own products. 
and my dad always wanted to. So it was more just pure passion of let's just make something better. But yeah, yeah, I was trying to make it fun. I mean, yeah, we make a lot of uh, medical uh, great instruments and stuff through the years. So th there was a lot of synergy there. Yes. Very good. Are you guys like the um, biggest thing in Memphis? Is G5 like the biggest thing there, like company-wise? Well, I mean, well, we I have, have uh, one red lot and two gas stations and then us and then a party <laughs> store. So, yeah. Yeah. We're kind of the like only I, thing in Memphis. Yeah. But, you know. I might have to visit that, you That's Memphis, here. Michigan, by the way, right? Yeah. <laughs> just to be clear. Yeah. I, no. just, I feel like I passed through there to get to uh, to Emmett. I can't remember if that was where I passed through or not to get to yep. Emmett. We were trying Richmond, to go to, to Emmett. If you, yeah. if you blinked, then yes, you went through it. You sure did. <laughs> Yeah, we went to that. We we always go to the KOA in Emmett for uh you know camping. So I I'm pretty sure oh. I passed through there a couple of times. But office yeah, we do have a post they... office too. So the post office actually touches our building, like we're in oh, the same perfect. building. So yeah, I don't That's think awesome. they've changed the population sign since my dad was like <laughs> six or seven. So you have to like wait for someone to to die or leave before someone else is allowed. So in, do you so. guys do you guys have your own um hunting ground in in memphis like do you guys have a couple hundred acres or something you work on there in that area uh we used to uh we used to have um a couple hundred acres uh north of town um up by good the answer because dave was going to ask the follow-up of his, when he can come next <laughs> no nah, i wasn't getting there i was just curious because a lot of the brands over the years oneida darton uh struther they all had lands they they did filming on i only asked because yeah. we've been there to like so, oh it's you know they come out they shoot the bows they show you the distance shots whatever i'm just just asking. yeah no we, we we did and uh we i think through the years we shot close to 200 does 300 does something like that wow. i lost count um and i think we shot like seven bucks like wow. it was really just broadhead development uh yeah. just and packing the freezers so well, we had a lot of opportunity there but so where are you guys no, hunting now? Just all over the state or just different places? Yeah, just different places. Um, we saw that and just, just haven't had a, a chance really to we've been so busy. Like uh, I think a lot of people think we we spend more time in the woods, my brother and I, uh <laughs> than we actually do. Uh yep, that happens. We, we didn't think this was actually gonna turn into a real business, <laughs> but we're passionate about it and uh we, we love doing it. Um but, but, cool. you know, guys like Kyle and, and the team, those guys get out a lot more, um, you know, the families are younger as well. It's a little bit easier for them to, to get away too. So, um, but yeah, a lot of times, uh, we'd go out West Idaho elk hunt used to be a, a big thing for 10, 11 years. Um, That's awesome. so Kyle, do you live locally too then? Um, I live down in Clinton township. So about oh, okay. 45 oh, minutes. Yeah. yeah. You're closer so. to Tim. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in St. Clair Shores. Dave's in between in us, Heights, I guess. So we're, okay. we're kind of, you're right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, about forty-five minutes uh, from there. But um, we do have like two buildings there. We have like the main office where a lot of the stuff is made, and then the other office, which is what a couple miles down the road, Nate. Um, yeah, where everything really gets assembled and sent out from. There we do have a you know an archery range. We can shoot out to one hundred and twenty yards and that sort of stuff. Too. Is that where Brian works? Uh, well, no, Brian's in the main wish, office, yeah, but no. they send him over there to get him. Oh, mess with Brian. Us, I so. see Brian everywhere. I see him at the Total yeah. Arch Challenge, the ATA yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> I see him. I'm like, what up? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, All right. Yeah, he's there in the office. He's their customer service and then, you know, our Western sales manager. So. All right, guys. So listen, um, the question is, so what do you guys recommend for turkey? 60 pounds, 29 straw. Which one would you go with? What's your thoughts on that? Or do you have a different one you'd recommend? 
Well, and don't say a different brand because that would be weird. <laughs> I shoot everything with a mega meat. That two inch cut is, uh, you know, pretty deadly on about everything. So, um, mega meat. I have to yeah. look and see if Casey sent me a mega meat. I don't know. Yeah. But, but I this think thing is it, awesome, man. I shot this through some metal and it was huge hole. I yeah. just couldn't believe yeah. it. Which the dead meat there is basically the same thing as the mega meat. You're just getting an inch and a half cut. So you're going to get a little bit better, better penetration. I mean, for a turkey, it's going to just blow through him. So, uh, Got it. but he'll probably go down in sight, which is always a plus for turkeys. They're hard to find once they get in the woods. So, yeah. so I'm doing this uh, uh, apex hunting challenge thing this year. So I, I, I signed up and I pulled the earliest tag I could get, which is in April here uh, coming up and uh, on the West side of the state. And so I'm trying to like get prepared correctly. And I'm just going through like every little aspect to try to. And so that's why I'm like looking at broadheads. And I'm like, what do I use? What do I use? What, how should I do this? Cause I want to win. Honestly, you can like, you can win like a lot of money if you do mm -hmm. well on this thing. So I'm like, I'm going to try to win this thing. I'm going to go for it. I got to find a dragging beard. I got to find something huge. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I can meet where you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know about it. you guys, but, but, uh, speaking about Turkey in Michigan, there's, I have seen a lot more Turkey over the last, you know, two oh, or three years than I had in many years past. Well, yep. I'm, being it's from been the absolutely South, amazing. The population boom. Being from the South, I really think that like Michigan is in its heyday of Turkey hunting just because yeah. I mean, Tennessee where I grew up used to go and every field would have three or four gobblers and 20 hens in every field you'd pass. In Michigan, you can still see that. In the South, I just don't think, I mean, I don't know if it's people not hunting predators as much or what it is, but I also don't think it's caught on here in Michigan. Like, you can still go and knock on people's door and get permission, I mean, easily. Just yeah, most people care less about turkey. So, yeah. If you do a deer, it's a different story. Like, yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so, when you got a when you got a gaggle of 40 of them coming through, right? Yeah. There's uh, missing one of them ain't going to, ain't gonna. you're not going to miss yeah. much. So, yeah. So I still think it's kind of a secret here that Michigan has such great turkey hunting. And, it didn't used to know. be that way. I think I think back it in the didn't. day they changed some regulation and and you couldn't shoot as many and that's why they were able to boom. But it's mm -hmm. weird, really weird because Tim, I could have swore we were on some sort of text chain that said something about there's an issue with the population of turkey. So Michigan. there there still is kind of more up north. Oh, okay. so they still have a, a closed fall season. It's mm -hmm. spring only. We're down here. It's both fall and spring. Yeah. Uh, typically wow. in the in the southern part of the state so i think there are pockets where the population is less but you know they got a little bit harsher winters a little bit more yeah. predators not a little bit more up there you got a lot more predators the farther the farther north you go you know so um, and, and and more more so down here too but yeah there, there's a much bigger population than i've ever seen you know looking yeah. at the lower part of michigan for sure where tim and i hunt in the west side of the state um we so we have our trail cameras out there and they send cellular pictures back. And I swear every day there's turkey, like every day. And there's like huge amounts of them. What do you say, Tim? 30 in most cases? At least. Yeah. And so I counted like, it one time and it was like, it was 33 that I counted in the one, in just the it, one picture. This is God like, this is daily. Not. This is daily yeah. on all different cameras, not just, and not just there. Um, We have another area we hunt in, uh, where's Kevin at? Algonac or it's uh, St. Clair, but more right. Yeah. Uh, St. Clair, China Township area. Yeah, so there's he got they got 60 acres over there, and there's turkey on those cameras every day. I'm like, dang man, I'm like, there's a lot of turkey. Now I just gotta find one with the beard dragon, and I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Get yeah, that double actually, beard going. 
Yeah, we took a drive on lunch today, just driving around just to see if we could find any to knock on some doors there around the office. And I think we ended up seeing like 40, you know, two gobblers together. And then we saw a group of like 40 together. So wow. definitely going to be some doors knocked on there. I'm excited. So. I, I have to imagine, too, they've had a they've had we've had a pretty light winter here. So, they're mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that, that population is not going to be hurt by this winter. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Hey That's guys, tell us real quick. Um, sorry, change subject, but I almost forgot. And I really wanted to bring it up. So this year uh, at the show, at the ATA show, um, I, I saw you guys teamed up with it looked like Tight Spot to do a quiver system. Can you walk us right. through that real quick? Yeah, um, we uh, um, uh, teamed up with Tight Spot on their uh, shift lock quiver, um, and uh, their shift lock is is it's kind of like their standard one, but um, the the, the the, the gripper on the bottom is adjustable. Um, it's not just a, a fixed length. Um, and it was one of those things where uh, we've had uh, dealer hunts in the past uh, down to Texas uh, hog hunting in this past dealer hunt. I think every single dealer of ours had a tight spot on their quiver. And I'm just like, okay, why well, try to, and, and we were right in the midst of designing our own. I'm like, what's yeah. the point? If everybody's yeah. using tight spots, the best quiver out there, let's just team up with them and make sure it fits our bow the the, the best way that it can and so yeah. that's what we did came up with a, a nice little bracket that that just screws onto the back the of the spot uh, here i'm assuming mm -hmm. yep yeah it, yeah it's on the spine of, of the riser um and then it's kind of like a uh a seat post uh clamp so that dovetail you can push it up and down and spin it around so you can get that that quiver wherever you need it to be it's out of the way of the rest and it just fits the the prime bow perfectly so um that worked out well yeah that's really cool Getting a, yeah. a lot of good response in that mm -hmm. let's uh real quickly too um let's discuss real quick who came up with the 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 scar camo with the morale who 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 came up with this i think uh, that would actually be uh a mixture sure. i think it was ron silver which was one of our old well he left the company i guess about a year ago but um came up with that i think it was a mixture between him and casey i think it was mainly ryan but i love I mean, it I it's been a hit it. for like, us man. for sure so i was just so happy you guys had your own camos i think that's the coolest thing and i love when i see that and plus they look sweet if, mm -hmm. if they look cool i tell you but they look really cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's been very popular yeah oh man yeah so um, we have the morale scar and then the ridge rock scars new this year so um, yeah, that morale is, is money for sure. Oh, it looks great. And then I know you said that the, the guys in the shop don't really like the white limbs, but they look so good. Like, I, I'm not surprised you guys did that because it's so flashy. Like, I, I was telling people, right. like, someone's asked me on a live feed, like, what colors would you do? I said, dude, to be honest with you, I would go to Prime's website and build my bow because the color options, they have those white limbs to me are just so cool. Like, just so different, you know, and it looks so good yeah. on a bow. It just really does. Yeah. Um, what would you guys do for your colors? Like what, if you could pick, you know, if you're going to pick any color you want specifically, what, how would you do your setup? You think, or how well, did you right do now, your setup? Right now my bow set up with a, uh, with a Ridge Rock, uh, riser and morel limbs, just because I kind of like that. Cool. It matches everything in the woods. So it's just kind of what I go for. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I grab whatever I can uh, because <laughs> my bow doesn't stay put together more than a few weeks and then we're tearing it apart and Frankensteining it to something else. So 
Uh, my bows yep. don't last real long, so most of the time I have whatever color is is the parts that are laying around. So the bow that Nate has right now is our prism, which is has glitter and you know kind of looks like a tricky <laughs> when the sun hits it. It's, so. <laughs> yeah, for now, and some of them, some of them never get painted, or yeah. I just rattle can it because it, yeah. it's they're just prototypes, and we're just <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. So are you guys do already it. doing? Um, uh, I, I'm assuming, I mean, how many, in general, in general, how many years out are you with ideas? Like, are you four years out? Like, I mean, for the next couple of bows, you're thinking like, do you already have, I'm assuming next year's is already kind of in the works or it's already done, but how many, how many variations do you think you mentally have ready? How far could you go? Uh, well, you know, I, I think for a lot of engineering firms, they're like, oh yeah, we got six years planned, you know, and stuff like that. Um, we're, we're a lot uh, different kind of a group. Uh, so we basically just work on ideas and then until they're ready. And if they're ready, uh, to, to put into that bow for that year, whoop, and it's ready the two weeks before we, you know, have to start manufacturing to start shipping, then we'll put it in. Um, you know, if, if it's a, you know, like the cam system, um, honestly, we were making tweaks to that, um, days before we, we had to start machining them, uh, last year. Um, so like, uh, early August or whatever um we were still making subtle little tweaks to that um to that system to the string weights and all that kind of stuff um we, we kind of have a, a tendency to, to to hold on to, to product designs as long as we can to just to put everything into it um but again you know uh when we switched to the inline cam uh away from the parallel cam i mean that that was something that we had played with eight years prior um and we we had i don't know how many prototypes and stuff you know and it's just something that we would, would push along it we would drop it we'd push it along drop it um uh, we, we just uh, it's the same same with broadheads i mean we we're constantly developing stuff every year that never goes anywhere and then five six years later we're like hey remember that one idea and then we'll go and then we'll spend you know nine straight months on finishing it and getting it ready so uh we're definitely a, a different kind of group um you know, like as far as mentally, I mean, obviously there's stuff that we've been working on for the last couple of years that we just can't figure it out. It's just not good enough or um, it, it's, you know, there's some other reason uh, uh, for it. But um, yeah, so with us, it, it, I'm, it's I don't have a clean answer for you, but how we, we like making stuff. Uh, we have tons of prototypes, it, uh, even stuff that, uh, you know, we built stuff that I don't know uh in, in the crossbow side of things uh just widgets um we're, we're just problem solvers always trying to find problems for things and and uh that's a lot harder said uh than done yeah so we, we work really hard and, and a lot of it nobody ever sees because it's it's crap and nobody should because <laughs> it didn't work you know <laughs> but but you learn a little bit and you just keep moving on to the next one and and uh off you go so what's what's your thoughts on um what's your guys thoughts on quest? Like what, where do we go from here? Is it, is it something that something's coming or it might sit idle a, a year or what are you guys thinking on that? Um, yeah, I think we're going to be kind of sitting idle on that, um, for another year. Um, that's definitely a, it's a really difficult space to be in. Yeah. Um, and we've been focused so heavily on prime. Um, I think after this year, you, you know, um, I mean, we're feeling a lot better with prime. I think the best, I'm feeling uh, the best about prime that I have. And since we've started in 11 years, um, 
Um, not that we're going to take the the foot off the gas there. Uh, we've got a, a couple of things where it's it's going to be really close if we can make it for this upcoming year, mm -hmm. but we're going to try. But uh, with Quest, yeah, it's going to be uh, pretty much the same old, uh, for for the for 24. Because the, the thing with Quest that makes it a little bit tricky for you guys, I'm assuming, and I don't know this because I don't work at a bow company, but you could take some old prime stuff and move it down to Quest, but you're still having the same overhead cost of that material. So I don't think you can drop the price as dramatically as you might want to um, with like, you know, because I know with the Quest line, you're trying to get more, you know, right. economical or whatnot. Uh, the one thing though that is cool with Quest that uh, I don't know if a lot of people know about this. I did do a video on TikTok and it went pretty viral. Uh, Brian and I at the Total Art Challenge were playing around with that, that, I don't even know how to explain it, but that weird grip that allows you to hold your hand out and like this, it's, it's that pretty amazing. Cool, I just, yeah. I really wish that you guys could find a way to sell that for other companies. Like, so any company could use it type thing. Cause I feel like it's one of those devices that could just go ballistic because everybody would want it just for practice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, that, that was, uh, I'd lose my daughters. I think at the time my, I, my, my youngest was four and or five and, and she'd slap her, you know, uh, her forearm once and you lose her for a year, you know, yeah. and it's just like, um, so I'm like, I, you know, so my oldest, I kind of learned about that. She's a few years older and I'm like, man, I, I just, I, we need something cause you don't grab a bow yeah. the same way you grab everything else in life. You're like right. everybody just grabs it and it's like not with yeah. archery. <laughs> so it was just, it came out of that, you know, could I, could we come up with something that where my five-year-old can just grab the bow and naturally pretty good for one so she doesn't slap her arm and i lose her for the rest of the year um because she doesn't want to get hurt again uh, but then two is just to give them a, a you know a, it's not intuitive so how, how do you make that and so that it, it is a weird kind of grip um but you can take it off if, if that you know <laughs> we've had some people with mixed uh uh a response to that but you can just mm -hmm. clip it off and and it's a normal grip after that but uh yeah yeah, yeah that's that's gone real well so I mean, awesome. the other thing on, on Quest as well is all those bows are center grip bows as well. Um, and uh, again, just to, that that uh, those um, beginning uh, archers or or someone just on a, a, a different budget, they still need the same uh, stability and, and a bow that wants to aim. Um, it's it's not it's not trying to to flip out of their hands or you know yeah, uh, stability is a, is a big deal on a shooting sport so. Uh, Quest has this, this that same uh, technology into it. Yeah, I mean this, the 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 you know it, it's hard to explain this, and I, and I understand we talk about the center grip. It's hard to explain it, but I would just tell people you know go shoot these in the the shop. You'll know what I'm. You'll know what we're trying to say if you shoot it. The center grip thing to me again is just phenomenal. Like it, I can totally tell the way the bow shoots compared to other bow brands is completely different. It feels different feels like i feel like i'm almost <clears throat> more in control of it because i feel like i'm just over the top of it somehow where i can see it, it just i can't explain right. it so well <clears throat> recommend highly shooting it if you can just imagine walking into the woods or you know in your backyard with your bow and you're probably hanging on to it on the string where are you holding it right where right it's in starting. the center yeah. of the axle yeah so that's right where we put the grip that's yeah. that's where it balances that's where it wants to go and and if and if that's naturally where you want to be, um, you know, it, it's just, it's going to aim better. And, and like Kyle uh, said a couple of years ago, when we launched that, we did a really pretty in, intensive uh, study on that. 
um, where we, we watched guys, um, we had a laser and we were watching that laser and the movement over 30 second over a few weeks and found that most guys yeah, improved um, all the way up to uh, 40% uh, just by having a grip that's two inches higher up than, than the, oh, interesting. Uh, everybody else's. So. That's crazy. Anyway, Very cool. Well, we look forward to seeing what you guys have coming this year. I won't. I won't ask you to tell me now. So I yeah, we won't tell do, you. But I'll, I won't. <laughs> but I can't wait for uh, you know launch season and all that kind of stuff. But you guys going turkey hunting? Oh, yeah. Plans? yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck with that, and hopefully we get some turkeys down here and uh, fill the freezers at least initially in the beginning part of the season with some uh, good turkey breast there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys.